Welcome to Day of Destiny with Dr. Michelle Corral, author, prophetic teacher, and pastor of Breath of the Spirit Prophetic Word Center. Dr. Corral can be seen weekly, nationwide, and around the world on her weekly telecasts that air on God TV, Impact, and Word Network. Now, let's join Dr. Corral by experiencing Day of Destiny, designed with your highest destiny in mind. Now, here is Dr. Corral. And the person who is going to use Sukkot the very first time in scripture is Jacob. And I want to show you really quickly. The Bible shows us, beloved saints, in Genesis chapter 33. So let's go to Genesis 33 really quickly. And the Bible is showing us in verse 17. The Bible says, and Jacob journeyed to Sukkot. And he built him a house and made booths for his cattle. Now watch this most important part of the verse. Therefore, the place is called Sukkot. Now, Jacob is not dwelling in the booth. The animals are dwelling in the booth. However, he called the name of the place Sukkot because he built booths. Hello, somebody, are you with me? He called it Sukkot because he built booths. So therefore, Moses is calling a certain place Sukkot because he's leading us back to Genesis where the Sukkot actually is quoted and where Jacob built booths so that we would understand that the first time in the scripture, though we don't have it written down, that the children of Israel Israel dwelt in booths is when they came out of Egypt. That night out of Egypt, their first night out of Egypt, when they ate the unleavened bread, their last piece of bread before they went into the wilderness. What does this teach us? Why did the clouds of glory meet them? The clouds of glory met them because they were emptied of everything. You see, dwelling in the glory is the highest level of heaven on earth. Dwelling in the glory of God is not just like being under the anointing. Being under the anointing prepares you for dwelling in the glory of God. You say, how do you know? Well, read Exodus. Read Exodus chapter 40, that everything was positioned in its place in the tabernacle. And Moses took the anointing oil and he anointed according to the level of holiness. First the ark and then the table of showbread, uh, then the menorah. We see all of the items being anointed according to the level of the Kedusha, as we say, or the holiness or the presence of God. And the Bible says in verse 33 of Exodus 40, and Moses finished the work. And the Bible says, then the cloud of glory 
covered that tabernacle. So I want you to know that the glory of God Finishing means the highest place of perfection. Finishing means the highest place of God's presence on earth that brings it to a place of perfection. And the very words that are used that we see in Exodus chapter 40, verse 33, if you look at the text, Exodus chapter 40, verse 33, the last line says, so Moses finished the work. And verse 34 says, then the cloud covered the tabernacle. I want you to understand that these very, very words that are being used, these very words, beloved saints, that are being used, uh, Moses finished the work and the cloud covering. We see that Moses finished the work. The phrase finished the work is also seen in Genesis chapter 2, verse 1, when the Bible says, so God finished the work. You see, these two lines of scripture are related so that we would understand that the glory of God literally filled the seventh day. But we must also understand that just as God finished creating the heavens and the earth on the seventh day, so does the glory of God rest on a work that's coming into a place of perfection. Now, we're going to close with the instruction on how to enter into the glory. And tonight I'm only going to give you one prophetic principle. And I want you to turn with me to Exodus chapter 33. Because Exodus chapter 33 is going to give us the supernatural secrets of dwelling in the secret place. And Exodus chapter 33 is going to show us the supernatural secret of how the glory of God will rest on your life. If you apply the principle that I'm about to show you from God's word, this year of 5782, this new year that God is putting upon you will be a year of you dwelling in the presence of God. You see, we have come to the point that now in the church, the glory of God has got to come. Let me just prophesy to you for a moment. Many of you have been through the most excruciating trials you've ever been through in this year. Many of you have gone through loss. You've gone through devastation. You've gone through tests. There are some of you that have been tested with your body, tested with your children. I know people that lost their children, and not just by COVID, by freak accidents. There has been tremendous testings, testings of children uh, with their children, testings with their nieces, their nephews, testings with family members, testings with their bodies, testings with their ministries, testings with friendships, testings with finances, testings. The body of Christ has never been through testings at such a high level and degree of testing at one time altogether outside of the persecuted nations. 
So the question arises, why? Because you see God's preparing you for glory. God is preparing the church for an outpouring of glory. You see, the Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels, 2 Corinthians 4, 7, that the excellency of the power will be of God and not of us. And the Bible says, but our light affliction is but for a moment, but it worketh for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. The question is, this generation has not yet seen the glory. We've seen a little bit of the glory. But you see, the last generation knew the glory. That glory came from the ministry of Catherine Kuhlman. That was a ministry where the glory of God was so revealed. And every person who came in association with Catherine Kuhlman and her ministry had a transformation, whether it was physical or whether it was spiritual. And it was not Catherine Kuhlman. She had nothing to do with it. It was the glory that was in those meetings. Now, I want you to know, that we are on the brink of the greatest revival, but it's going to be a revival of the glory of God in our midst. Now, beloved saints, I can only share with you just a little bit of what that glory is like because God himself is going to show you what the glory of, of God is like. But as we go to Exodus chapter 33, I want you to go to verse 7. And we are going to see verses 7 and 8 tonight. Now, I want you to understand that Exodus chapter 33 is taking place right on, right after the sin of the golden calf. As a matter of fact, Moses has not yet obtained forgiveness for Israel uh, as he will in Exodus 34. But something is going to happen to Israel. If you read the text, you are going to see that the children of Israel, right after the sin of the golden calf, have an opportunity by God to be transformed by the glory of God. Hello, somebody. That the glory of God is going to be revealed to them. Now, I want you to understand there were two tents in the times of wandering in the wilderness. The first tent was the Ohel Ha Moed. That is the tent we are going to look at, called the tent of the meeting. Moed meaning meeting or visitation in Hebrew, but also meaning the Moed also means feast, it also means season, and it also means assembly. Hello, somebody. There's something about when the saints assemble together that the glory of God comes on the believers when we are in unity and joined together. This is why every demon in the pit of hell has worked overtime to stop the assembling of the saints because the glory is going to be revealed in the church through the unity in the body of Christ. Now, I want you to see what's going on here. 
this tent that is the Ohel HaMoed was a tent, not Moses' personal tent. It was a tent he pitched. And he pitched it. Let's read about it. So Moses took the tabernacle and he pitched it without the camp, afar off from the camp and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord, everyone who sought the Lord, say it with me, everyone who sought the Lord, everyone who sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. And it came to pass when Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose up and stood every man at his tent door and looked after Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. Now, I want you to understand the Bible speaks here that the pillar of the cloud appeared at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. We understand that this was this particular tabernacle that Moses erected was not in the center of the camp. It was way outside the camp. Now, I want you to see the second tabernacle was the actual tabernacle itself. It was the Mishkan. And when you say tabernacle in the Hebrew language, you have the root word shakan, which means to glory, to dwell in the glory. So we see that the Mishkan was a place where the glory dwelt that was the purpose of the Mishkan. That was the purpose of the tabernacle, for the glory to be seen in the tabernacle. You see, you are a tabernacle. The Bible says your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So that means your destiny is for the glory to be seen upon you. That's what this word, Mishkan, taken from the root shakan, to dwell. Now, beloved saints, I want you to see that both, we will see that both tabernacles had the appearance of the glory. The tabernacle that Moses set outside the camp for each individual to go and to seek God their self. And for Moses, as a place of seeking God before the Mishkan was built. Then we see when the Mishkan was built, some opinions say that the tabernacle called the Ohel HaMoed was done away with. Other opinions say that no, the Ohel HaMoed continued to exist throughout the wanderings in the wilderness. We know that both of these tabernacles had the glory at the door of the tabernacle. Now, I want you to see, I'm going to quote it to you really quickly from Exodus 29. The Bible tells us in verse 42 that the Bible says, I will appear to you and I will meet you there. The Bible says that the glory will be revealed where God will meet them that he might speak to them. So this is so important. Say this with me, meeting so he can speak. So we see this concept, beloved saints, in the Mishkan. This is why the Bible says, where I will meet with you, this is divine visitation. 
where I will meet with you to speak to you. This is divine revelation. So here we see in the midst of the glory of God, we see that every person who dwells in the glory is going to have visitation. He's going to meet with you personally. And every person who dwells in the glory of God is going to receive revelation. That means he's going to speak to you. That's why we need the glory. Hallelujah. Now, beloved saints, this is why I just quoted to you from Exodus 29, 42 and Exodus 49, uh, 29, 43. But now I'm going to show you, let's go back to Exodus 33. And I'm going to show you the supernatural secret of how to enter into the glory of God. First of all, and this is the only supernatural step I will share with you tonight. It is the supernatural step of, of asking God for the desire to acquire only him. Say this with me. Holy Spirit, my only desire is to acquire only Jesus. Say this with me. I will dwell in the glory of God. When my highest desire is only to acquire the presence of God in my life, I'm going to say that again. Here's the supernatural secret to dwell in the glory. The supernatural secret to dwell in the glory is when your deepest desire is to only acquire him and him alone. Say this with me, him and him alone. Now, beloved saints, I'm going to share with you how that is. Let's go back to verse 7. Verse 7, we are going to see how the deepest desire to only acquire him is expressed in verse 7. In verse 7 of Exodus chapter 33, you are going to see three prophetic principles of this primary supernatural step, the deepest desire to acquire only him. First, we see that Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp. This word without is a word in the Hebrew language, which is the word that means sever. It's a word that means to sever. <clears throat> and I want you to see that <clears throat> we need to make in our own life a decision whether we are going to stay where it's comfortable or sever our comfortable place and go out and seek God. I hope somebody's hearing this. So in other words, if we were to condense this concept in today's, in today's language, it would be to break out of the box of your everyday service to God, that you have to be willing to go out. You have to be willing to stretch. You have to be willing to go to another place. Are you with me? The Bible says without the camp. That means, that means that when you desire something, you really live there. It becomes, it becomes consumed in your being. When you really desire all of your emotions, all of your thoughts, everything you are is consumed in that desire. 
You see, if God is your only desire, if your highest desire is only to acquire him, then that means that the things of this world are fading away in your life. There's really not a focus on them. Even the things, even things, you know, some people can become very worldly in ministry, whether we realize it or not, can be so caught up in the whole thing, can be so caught up in the business of it, or so caught up in the strategies of it. We can be so caught up in the ambition of it. But you see, we call it ministry, but you see the real ministry, whether you're a preacher or whether you're a missionary, whether you're apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or a teacher, your real ministry is that your highest desire must be to only acquire him in everything that you do. So this is why there is the severing, because you live in this world, but you belong to another world. I hope somebody's hearing this. I hope this isn't too deep here doesn't mean that you don't exist in the world successfully. You can be the most successful person, but not attached to it. Attached only to Jesus. You and I have to learn how if we love him above all things, then that means that whatever we're doing we're just doing everything because we're madly in love with Christ. And so here we see, beloved saints, that this, this is the first step, this word, that he pitched it without the camp. This, this sense of severing, or what we would call the surrender of one's security in one's self-effort. All right, then we're going to see the second supernatural or prophetic principle of how we acquire the desire of only him. And that is found in the word pitch. Here we see this word pitch, pitched the tent. Notice what the Bible says. So Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp. This word pitched is not the same word that is used in the book of Numbers when the Levites pitched the tabernacle. It's not the same word. That is the word nasa. This is the word nata. And this word nata is a word that means to stretch. It is a word that means to extend. So if you really want the glory of God in your life and you are really one, who says, God, my only desire is to acquire more of your presence, then you have to be willing to stretch out of the place where the camp is. And you have to be willing to go out alone with God into that place where there's nothing but you and Jesus, that place of total dependence on God, and allow God to stretch you into a new place. You see, this word nata not only means to extend, it also means to bend. Do you remember Evan Robert? Ever, Evan Robert, the great revivalist of the Welsh revival. The theme of the Welsh revival was bend us, O oh God. 
So this word nata means to bend. That means whatever you ask, whatever you ask, if you're asking me to come out of my comfortable spiritual place where I've done my duty and my obligation, do you see, you cannot experience the glory of God if your mindset is I have fulfilled my duty. I have done my obligation because the anointing of the glory of God and the power of the glory is in a place that you must extend and bend. We have saints today that are so self-sufficient that they don't even seek more of God's presence because we're rich and have need of nothing. We think we've already gotten there, heard that, done that. I don't need to extend. There's nothing more that I have. I've already obtained it all because we're entertainment oriented. We're so accustomed to that little fix. And if we don't get it, then we think we didn't receive anything. Because our version of receiving is a little fix. But God wants to bring his people into a place of really knowing the glory of God, having the glory revealed. And that can only happen when, number one, we're without the camp and go into that place beyond we go to that place where we have severed ourselves and come alone with God into that place where he is our all in all, where what we're doing, yes, it matters, but it's not our identity. Our identity can't be in what we're doing. Our identity needs to be in Jesus, who he is. And so here we see, beloved saints, we see that the Bible is showing us this powerful nata to pitch it. And then we're going to see the last, the last uh, secret, if you will, the last prophetic principle of this first supernatural secret. And we will continue throughout these days through the Feast of Tabernacles, teaching on how to enter into the glory of God. Here we see. The Bible says, as we see, the Bible says, and it came to pass that everyone which sought to the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation. This word sought is an unusual word. You see, usually the verb to seek is the word derash, to seek, to investigate. But that is not the word that is used here. The word that is used here is the word bakash, which means to desire. No, everyone who desired went out to the Lord. You see, you've got to have desire to go out and to seek him because the glory of God cannot appear unless we desire him. This is why David said, one thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord to behold him and in his beauty and inquire at his temple. So this word sought is the word to desire. It is also a word that means to pursue. That means if you are going 
to be a person that is going to dwell in the glory of God, you got to pursue him. Don't expect God just to show up at random. He will, of course, but you have not because you ask not. So the real secret and the real secret to your dilemma being healed is abiding in the glory. Really, it has nothing to do with your situation. It has to do with getting in the glory. If you're in the glory, your body will be healed. If you're in the glory, your finances will be provided. If you're abiding in the glory, God is going to supernaturally take care of you. He is going to provide all of your needs. If you are in the glory, then he is going to be your all and all. This is why God said to Israel through the prophet Jeremiah, I remember Israel when Israel was young. Israel went after me in the days of your betrothal in your youth when you went after me in a wilderness in a land that was not sown do you understand so this word to desire this word sought out this word hallelujah to pursue this word dear people of God is the word that we need to acquire Thank you for joining us today on Day of Destiny. We invite you to our website at mydayofdestiny.com where you can easily access other podcasts and obtain your copy of Dr. Corral's latest book, Secrets of the Anointing. Also, we want to take this moment to invite you to engage in extending your hand of kindness by planting your seed or offering for multitudes that include orphans, providing water wells, providing medical supplies, clinics, feeding programs, and many other services to the suffering church and through efforts of evangelism worldwide. Just go to our website and click the donate button or text to give. Text HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D to 7797. That's HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D to 7797. You are also invited to visit Dr. Michelle Corral Facebook or Instagram. We look forward to having you encounter the anointing with us on our next Day of Destiny podcast.